your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Bot Doom, Kyle Sullivan. So on today's episode, if you heard on the uh, YouTube intro, we're going to be talking about the trade deadline and why you haven't seen a ton of trades lately. So we're, we're kind of going to be talking about that. Um, I also mentioned a all new technology coming out from Amazon uh, and they're you know getting together with the NHL where they can predict the probability of who will win a face-off based on a lot of factors. So we'll talk about that. Um, and of course, Arizona. You are uh, playing them yet again, and you have a score to settle, believe it or not, with the Arizona Coyotes because they ended your your home winning streak. So we don't like them very much. Uh, we can kick them while they're down. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LLP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Of course, that's always appreciated. All right, Mr. Sullivan, uh, I, I love the trade deadline season, uh, but I get a little bit antsy because, yeah. you know, this is nothing new. You know, you, you do get it's a little bit slow moving in the early going. And then I guess it gets closer and closer, picks up a little bit more, a little bit more, but because the abs are kind of in a different position this year than they have been where you would think they're, you know, well, they are buyers, but maybe going after more of a, a big fish than in, in previous years. Did you kind of think like they'd get ahead of the game and make a move a little bit earlier than expected? You almost wonder it's one of those situations. What exactly are the avalanche waiting on? Um, like, it, I don't think that piece is going to go anywhere, and you are definitely the appealing destination. Mm-hmm. So, why wait and make a move? And you're seeing Edmonton signing like talent, you're seeing like signings now where you think you'd be seeing like trades, even just like the little pieces. No dominoes fallen yet. Other than the little Toronto and Arizona uh, little depth moves they've been doing, trading Calgary. back and forth, and Calgary, that's a fully move. move. Yeah. But it's been silence. And you would think like those moves would have set the tone. And like, like you always <laughs> use the term like that first domino to mm-hmm. fall. Uh, and, and you thought, okay, like now, and maybe that's part of the reason why I'm thinking this way is you've had some moves and you've had some pretty significant moves. And like I'm saying, when the Avalanche are a team that you're thinking, is going to be in that mix. All right. You would think that would jumpstart them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you keep hearing, you know, Claude Giroux is connected to the avalanche. And then you just don't know what's going on with stuff like that. We can sit here and just guess and think, yeah, he wants to go to the avalanche and, and reports come out saying he's told Philly, he wants to go to the avalanche. And you know what? And then reports come out and say, he's not discussed a trade at all with Philly. So you, that's part of like the wait and see approach. You just have to be patient with this stuff, even though as a fan, you don't want, because you do feel like, are we going to miss out on a guy? Is yeah. somebody else going to sneak in and grab a guy that was on the avalanche radar? I'm sure that happens 
every single year with some team. Um, but you just don't want it to happen to Colorado because there's so few resources in terms of uh, draft picks for the Avs. Yeah. They don't have a lot. I think next year's number one is gone. I think yeah. you know if the Avs are going to make a move, that's going to be included in a deal, and they're not going to have a number one pick. I think a prospect that we have been waiting and waiting to see what they can do, they're not ready yet. I think a prospect is gone. And then you know, the guys that we always mention, the usual suspects in Jost and, and Confer, I think one of those two guys is gone as well. So you're right. So if we kind of know what the moving pieces are, what's the holdup, boys? Hey, and you wonder, especially if you're not one to give up the – like you have so much you're going to give up in the draft department. You have so much you're going to give up in the prospect. And you know what active roster players are going to move. You also don't want to be caught – just sitting there and then somebody else come in there and make a better, bigger move. And right. your, your draft, your trade, what your plan going into that trade deadline is completely thrown off. And then you're trying to play catch up. And with so few landmark, big fish out there, mm-hmm. you don't want to be going for option two, option three, option four, because you might just be better off doing nothing. So, if you know what you want, you know what you have, there should be really no waiting. The Avalanche are number one in the league. They know exactly what they want. This is where they need to take the initiative and knock over that first domino. Quit waiting. We've waited around for a while. And this is what we do. Sakic usually waits. Sometimes he does nothing. This year is a year we're supposed to do something. Everybody knows what this something is. Do it. Get it done. <laughs> Get it done. I'm tired of waiting. Uh, yeah, but whatever. I think what needs to be done, and, and if they make a big, big splash, then then great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all feel that they will. But I think where you know Joe Sackick does his bed best work is in those you know making those depth moves, getting mm-hmm. those guys that fill good you know depth roles and, and, and plug those holes. Basically, uh, I think they do. I think they need to to shore up. The bottom six and, yes. and, you know, the, the, you know, like the third defensive pairing, you know, yeah. I, mean? I, I don't think like you can't, it's, it's working, but you can't have the, these Curtis McDermott three minute games anymore though. No. You're going to like, you don't want to burn out your top depth or your, your top pairings from playing 25, 26, 27 minutes a night. They can do it, but wouldn't you rather just have them fresh? Yes. You know what I mean? So I you know what I mean? It doesn't get spoken about too much. We always throw around Joe, so we always throw around Confer. I don't know if Curtis McDermott might be on his way out because you can't have that. I'm sorry. He, no. I would sacrifice his muscle uh for someone that can give me 12 minutes consistently a night and play yeah. solid defense. I don't yeah. need the fighting. I don't need that stuff. The ads are physical enough where they can stand on their own two feet. They don't need him fighting all their battles for them. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, and he's a cheap physical piece that a team would love to add. Absolutely. And it r- really doesn't fit with what the Avalanche are trying to do. And three to seven minutes a night is not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And the reason we point out this bottom six and that third defensive pairing, like on a night in, night out basis on the show is – we see them every night. We know this team. We're pointing this out for the playoff run when a team could scout us night to night to night. And they say, hey, you know, that bottom six isn't doing anything. 
let's flip our lines and then they can send out their first line when our third line drops out there then you have the line matchups and that discrepancy and then you can match up with the d pairs that's where you need to shore this up it's not for night in night out 40 and 10 on the season so far that's pretty good we're doing good in the regular season we've won the president's trophy last year we've established ourselves as a good regular season team we're trying to make moves now to get us through the playoffs, which is our problem. Right. And like we're like we're both saying it like, yeah, it's working now for the apps. Mm-hmm. You still have two months left in the season. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, still a handful of games to be played. You don't want to hit the playoffs kind of just like dragging a little bit. So I do. I, I kind of feel like you, you want your depth guys playing depth minutes. Yeah. And and guys like, you know, uh, Curtis McDermott is not. Um, Abe Kubel has been kind of getting less and less minutes. Obviously, Jost is. So, again, like you're not going to make moves that are are going to, you know, put you over the top, but they're going to make your team more well-rounded and more comfortable. Um, so I do, you know, watch for McDermott and even someone like Ryan Murray, who's just been kind of inconsistent. Maybe they just feel like eh, it, it hasn't worked the way that we wanted it to. Um, so let's go out and try to find another of what we wanted Ryan Murray to be. Why don't we go, you know, package him in a deal and bring in somebody else that can maybe do what we initially wanted him to do when we acquired him. We could wait for Claude Giroux to hit his 1000 games and then trade him another thousand game in Jack Johnson. Uh, Ooh, I, uh, you could go thousand, but I I love Jack. I yeah. now don't get me wrong. I love Jack Johnson, but when it comes to what we've talked about, um, assessing the value of the team, mm-hmm. like there are paid people who go and watch these games night in, night out. They see what we see. Yeah. So we're not going to really have smoke and mirrors when it comes to, Hey, here's Ryan Murray. Here's Tyson Jost. They know right. what's up. And if you're yeah. going to go, if you don't want to give away draft picks and prospects and you want to go active roster, you might have to convince yourself these Jack Johnsons, these, these now like they're the untouchables, but you might have to kick the tires on uh, Berkey, like the the established talent that you know and love. You might have to loosen your grip on them a little bit. Always exciting. So mm-hmm. uh, another day goes by. We'll we'll see if we have any movement. But um, we will hear from who we got bet online. And then uh, one thing we want to get to that the athletic does. They do a pretty cool column called "Who Says No." So they kind of throw out all these trade scenarios that readers have thrown out, and they will the the writers then say uh, which team in that package says no. And they threw out a handful of them, and there were two that involved. The Avalanche. So we'll talk about those, and then we'll get to that uh, that new face-off technology that the Avalanche absolutely have to utilize. They should be number one in line uh, at checkout at Amazon.com <laughs> to get that bad boy. Let's get that uh, in beta version. Yeah, yeah. Um, but first, BetOnline.net. Obviously, football season is long and over with, but the March Madness season is all but here. So Mm -hmm. it is in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs, and it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, 
podcasts and news for this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all the action. That is BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. All right. Uh, we had, yeah, the athletic thing, which I wanted to get to kind of a fun column that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it, it's called, uh, who says no. And I want to bring them up cause I sent them to you. So the two that they had were, where'd they go? Oh, I lost them. Oh, I got them. All right. Um, one was obviously involving Giroux. Mm-hmm. So the Colorado avalanche would get him with half of his salary is retained. And Philadelphia would get JT Comfer, Drew Hellison, and the 2023 first round pick. If that is the asking price for Claude Giroux, I think I pull that trigger uh, as fast as a pinball machine. When you see JT Comfer's name come up, you're like, check Hellison. That's going to hurt me a little bit. Yeah. But, and that first round pick of 2023, which you kind of expect going to happen. But when you see it on paper, yes, I would do this trade as well. I, that's, I mean, you're going to have to part with things that you don't want to. You don't yeah. want to part with a first round pick, especially when you don't have one this year. Um, but again, if all goes well, that is a 32nd pick in the draft. Yeah. So, okay, I can, I'm a little bit better with that than, than anything else. And yeah, I mean, you, you, and you don't want to part with JT Confer because he's been a part of the team for a long time, but when it boils down to it, you know, a business is a business. And, uh, I think I do that. I think I do that deal all day. If you ask me. And, and honestly, like you see a lot of people taking up arms when it comes to these prospects, you have to realize we are copper bust this year. Like if you want to hold on to Drew Hellison. What team are you going to give Drew Hellison when he finally does make this Avalanche squad? Who's actually going to be still remaining from this current Avalanche roster? Mm-hmm. Like Claude Giroux this year to help us win a cup, or Drew Hellison next year when we're fighting for a or two years down the road, three years mm-hmm. when we're fighting for a wild card spot? Yeah, uh, I'd rather go with a cup. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so that's that one, and then the other one that they throw in here. Is this one is a little bit of a doozy? Uh, mm-hmm. Not somebody that's been associated with the Avalanche, but hey, they throw it out there, so we'll talk about it. It's with the Red Wings, and the Red Wings would send to the Avalanche Albert Johansson and Tyler Bertuzzi for a 2022 second round pick, which would leave the Avalanche with, I believe a single draft pick in that draft. I'll go mm-hmm. look it up here in a second. Um, and Alex Newhook. Um, keep in mind, these are thrown out by uh, readers of The Athletic. So, uh, you know, that... Is, well, and he, actually, let me read what, what the writers, or I guess they call them executives. <laughs> maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they're not the writers. Maybe they're like team executives that do answer these. I don't know. One of them says, it sounds fair. Colorado wants to win now, and Bertuzzi helps that cause. The other one, and this is where I agree with, uh, executive number two says, that's a tough one. I would think both say no, but more Colorado says no than Detroit. Bertuzzi helps Detroit. He's good. He's not old. You could resign him. He won't get vaccinated. 
but you have to imagine those rules will go away at some point. For this season, though, if Colorado gets him and ends up playing a Canadian team in the playoffs, that isn't helpful. Uh, and then he goes on to say, New Hook is an excellent prospect, too. And then you create cap space issues. Uh, he he summed it up for me. Like, the, the vaccine thing is an issue. Absolutely is. And if you're playing, uh, you know, a Canadian team, and right now if it's in the Pacific, uh, it's Calgary. Mm-hmm. You could be playing them. Yep. Um, that's that's not good. Not good. Three things about that trade automatically make me say no. New hook. Yep. Red Wings. And the name Bertuzzi on an Avalanche sweater. Oh my God. Can you the horror? I will not can you will imagine? not. I believe he's that, the nephew. I believe he's nephew. You know, I have not looked up to see the relation. I I, yeah. I have not. Um but that would be that would throw people, you know, and, and I don't think anybody would buy it. I think they would root for him from afar because he's wearing the avalanche sweater. I don't think he'd sell a single jersey just out of spite. He will, and just, he, he'll be the new Devin Dubnik for me. For you? I, I, I've yeah. tried getting Devin Dubnik out every way I possibly could. Same with Bertuzzi. OG avalanche fans know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, you do not want to see that name on the back of a jersey. Oh no, oh no, that. So I don't see that one happening. And and again, you haven't really heard that those teams are uh, talking. Um, and I haven't really heard that Bertuzzi is even really on the market. But I don't know for some reason this this reader thought that was uh, and and the Avalanche would still have draft picks if they gave up the. Actually, they can't. No, they can't even do this because they don't have a 2022 second round. That's already yeah. gone. They have a third, five, six, and seven. So that that deal is is moot anyway. Yep. And Just I, crumple it up, throw it in the trash, and the wise prophets, yes. uh, Randy jo- uh, Jackson yeah. from American Idol. That's a no yeah. for me, dog. Yeah. That 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 guy's uh, <laughs> subscription has been revoked. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Interesting stuff, though. So I'm yeah. sure we will be talking more about the trade deadline as. Uh, as the days and the weeks go on. So we shall see. Um, okay, let's move to this uh, face-off thing. That was a very interesting thing that uh, I, I think Sportsnet put it up. And it, it's it's Amazon doing their Amazon thing and, and using analytics. And for this, it spits out the probability of uh, who's going to win a face-off in real time. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. in real time based on who's on the ice, what the time of the game. And they base it all on years, like like tens of thousands of face offs. It seems like they've uh, used to spit out these analytics. There is a they came up with a short video for it. It's about a minute and a half. So uh, I'm going to show that if you're watching on YouTube, you can watch it. If you're listening, you should be able to hear it. And then we'll we'll talk about this and why the Avalanche need this bad boy pretty quick. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's see if we can run this thing here. Imagine having access to a stat that predicts the probability of each player winning the faceoff before the puck is dropped. The NHL, in partnership with Amazon. Web- 
Protective Services are launching a new, first-of-its-kind AI and ML-powered statistic that leverages NHL Edge puck-and-player tracking data to deliver face-off probabilities in real time. Introducing Face-Off Probability, part of NHL Edge IQ, powered by AWS. Leveraging AWS technology, Face-Off Probability insights are generated by analyzing real-time data points from NHL Edge puck-and-player tracking data, paired with over 200,000 face-offs from historical hockey information tracking system data from the past 10 years. NHL Edge data provides information on the current game situational context, such as the location of the face-off and when a face-off occurs during the game. Predictions occur at sub-second latency during stoppages in play and are adjustable to account for when players involved in the face-off change. The combination of historical success rates, player matchup characteristics, and game context provide a complete perspective on face-off dynamics. Face-off probability will provide broadcasters and fans the opportunity to dive deeper into the importance of face-off matchups and how they can impact a game's outcome. Through these unprecedented new predictive analytics, the NHL, in partnership with AWS, is using engaging and innovative content to enhance fans' understanding of the sport and enable them to see the game in a new, exciting way. Okay. Um, what it reminds me of is, you know, that that's just taken right out of baseball's page. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember ESPN doing something years ago. And at the time I thought it was dumb, but that's not when I was really not big into like analytics and stuff like that. They would have, uh, the, the batter's average based on the pitch count. Mm-hmm. So if it was, you know, one and one, this is what their average is two and one. This is what their average at the time. I'm like, this is just useless information, but this was like, you know, years ago. And now I'm like, that's actually really, really cool. Like I yeah. you could utilize it. This is is impressive, number one, because it's just a ton of data that they're going off of kind of predicting percentages. It's not who it's not like this person's going to win it. Yeah, so this, was, this, this player's going to win the face off. It's they have a 63 percent chance to win the face off. And the fact that you can do this on the fly. So if I shouldn't say if when Nazem Kadri gets kicked out of the, the face off circle and. Nathan McKinnon takes his his spot, uh, uh, you know, in a millisecond, all those odds change. And from my understanding is you can have that on the bench. You can see that on the bench. I think that stuff is awesome. (laughs) I think that's just so cool. Yeah. And especially with face off woes being such a big MO for the avalanche this year, you can really see it in real time. It's one of those things you forget about especially in the course of a game and then afterwards you kind of look at the stat line you're like wow i did not notice that you'll have it right there no matter who's in the face-off dot being displayed and you can kind of see okay we weren't supposed to win that one but we did you can almost visually see momentum when we're winning face-offs we shouldn't or hey we are in favor of this one and we lost it and they made a really good offensive rush what's going on here you can really start to understand the game on a lot deeper level. And I really like where the NHL is going with this. Yeah. And, and you know, they have analytics now. It's not like it doesn't exist, but um, I, I haven't heard of it. This seems, you know, new to me. Um, but where does it go from here? Like, what yeah. are other things that you can start doing, like deep analytics based on, you know, a decade plus of, of, of stats and research? 
you know, and I'm thinking of where the Avs are struggling right now, face-offs, power play. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was as and not just power play, uh tallying like third period um if let's say Miko goes to the box for 2 minutes for a delay game in the third. Like the percentages that this happens. Mm-hmm. Like usually those the ones that stand out to you and then it also will vindicate players like Nazem Kadri, who's having a very good year when it comes to that. When you're like, oh, he has not been in the box that much. Right. When you get those kind of statistics, that'll be incredible. How, what periods we go into the box, kill off penalties. Yeah, it's um, I, I would like to see that a little bit more. So, yeah, especially, and it's easy to say, like, where the Avalanche are the worst. It would be the greatest spots to add some more stats yeah. so we can really break it down. But yeah, yeah, that would be the a really good place to go next. And I, it, the one article I read on it, especially for the faceoff one, um, is it seems like it's it, it's going to be one of those things that is up on the screen. How I was talking about, you know, with baseball and the averages, um, they're going to be like testing this out during the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And you'll just see it on there. You'll just see it somewhere on the screen where I say, like, you know, here's the, the, you know, Amazon or the AWS stat, whatever they want to call it. And you'll just get a lo- little bit more information up on the screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just, oh, like, here, here's what, and, and that's, that's cool to see. Like, oh, here's a, uh, you know, a 61% to 39% face-off challenge. Oh, and the 39% guy won it. That's yeah. kind of cool. It's yeah. just, you know, a little bit of information for like a split second. I like that stuff. Some people might think it's just too much on the screen and that's fine. I get it too, but uh, it's just, it's just more interesting stuff that, that the NHL is doing. So um, it's becoming baseball. Like you, you baseball is, was the almighty of stats and deep diving into stats. And, you know, hockey is kind of right behind them. If you ask me, there's a lot of detailed stats that you can do in hockey and to, to figure out the probability of who's going to face off is is damn impressive, if you ask me. Yeah. Hockey is following suit with baseball in more ways than one. Oh, boy. That's for the offseason. Let's, <laughs> let, let's play this season first, sir, before we even discuss that. God, I hope not. Um, mm. But, you know, they will be playing, and they're playing against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you, again, you gotta think this is an abs game that they just go out, put the, you know, the, the foot on the gas, pin it in the red and just put these guys away. Don't let them hang around. Come on. Yeah, and this is what you want. This is exactly the, we were talking about the production from the bottom six. This game is meant for production from the bottom six. Hmm. You get a goal. From you have a, a really good first shift. Either Gabe or Nate gets out there, puts one in, really takes Arizona out of it right off the hop. And then you get goals from that third and fourth line and really give them some confidence. Have yourself a game, lines three and four. Like run the score up. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think um gets the start in net? Is, was, was Kemper is he done has he played the last Two. I'm trying to. Th- my my brain is mush right now. This feels um, like a. This feels like a Frankie game. Yeah. I f- I feel like you need to put go back to alternating them every other start, 
And I think this would be a Frankie start. Um, it would be nice for Darcy to go back up against Arizona, but you need to test Pavel Francouz again and see what he can do in a game that he theoretically should win. Yeah, you had uh, Kemper go against the Golden Knights, and who went up against the Jets? That was that was Francouz. It went up against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So Kemper's played two in a row. Yeah, you you I would think you're going to get Frankie in this one. Um, because you have what's after that Calgary. Mm-hmm. Frankie's getting the start against Arizona. You I can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that'll wrap it up for today, everybody. So uh enjoy the game. Kyle and I will be back to discuss that one. Um and then let's see, what do we got? Anything else? No, I mean, if, if there's any trades or anything that's that's happening, we'll we'll bring it to you. I mean, I, yeah. I, I just want something to happen. I, I I like when move even if it doesn't include the avalanche avalanche, something needs to happen because I just like seeing movement and then hopefully just more and more teams uh, come come to the dance, get on the get on the dance floor. Like Sakic just scouted the Islanders, went to the Islanders to watch them. No moves happened after that game. Yeah. We know they're kicking the tires on some coyotes. We'll see what goes on after this trip and see if anybody comes back on the plane with us. Chickren's coming home. Mm. Well, all right. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about anything that's happening and definitely about the Arizona Coyotes, Colorado Avalanche. So that will wrap it up. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it. Go check out Locked On NHL. Make that your second listen of the day. Will you get to hear me again with Mr. Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning? But for now, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked on Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys. Go, Abs, go.